Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and given it that second chance, might just change your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on how a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Sonic Prime. We're starting the new year off by celebrating the 19th anniversary of Sonic Heroes. You looked up a specific Sonic property that you could say we were celebrating, didn't you? No, actually, literally today is the 19th anniversary of Sonic Heroes. Oh, so... Not the day this goes live, the day we're yeah. recording. Yeah, 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 so... I didn't look it up, it just appeared in my Twitter feed. Crazy. Anyways, we watched Sonic Prime, which despite its name is not a crossover between the two vastly loved franchises of Metroid and Sonic, you know, Metroid Prime, Sonic, Sonic Prime, that's not the case, nor is it the case that it's just Sonic on Amazon Prime, no, Sonic Prime is on Netflix? It's weird because I thought it would be Sonic fused with Optimus Prime in a Transformers meets Sonic world. That's what happened. We watched two different shows. Oh, fuck. Okay, let's go. This will be fun then. It's the April 1st bit all over again. There's two Sonic Primes. There's there's not two Sonic Primes. We're liars and I apologize for that. I don't know why Josh would lie to you like this. Do you know that there's not two Sonic Primes? (laughs) Well, general naming convention... One will be Sonic Prime, and then the other ones don't want to feel like they're lesser of any sort, so they're either Sonic 1 or Sonic Alpha. Yeah, but if you have to say you're Alpha, you're not Alpha. That's why the other ones call themselves Sonic 1, then. Duh. That's that's a joke about Alpha Mouse. Anyways, this is, from the opening, the most video game accurate-looking Sonic. And by video game accurate, I'm specifically referring to the Genesis-era Sonics. Like, it is a very good adaptation of Genesis-era Sonics into 3D graphics. Yeah, it looks very much like the Green Hill's own layout. Which is wild, because that's where we start the show. Green Hill. And we start with a really fun baseline. We kind of zoom in down over the Green Hill zone, and then we get Sonic running about. At the speed of sound? Yep, going fast. Faces past some homebound? I was going to say faster, 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 but yeah. I mean, he's not really homebound. He's already home. I didn't say Sonic was homebound. I said I was homebound. Whatever. And this basically serves as a set of introduces to the characters of Sonic. Yeah, and also for Sonic to just narrate and introduce just green hills onto it basically yeah where he's just like yeah it's green it's pretty there's palm trees there's beaches oh and my friends and the first friend we get introduced to is big the cat and froggy big the cat being the first character on screen other than sonic is wild it's kind of ridiculous but i'm down with it i think big the cat has like the cult fandom that waluigi has yeah except sega's like yeah but here's more big the cat for everybody i would agree and nintendo's like no waluigi was a mistake yeah yeah my Uh, brain picked Pictured the Miyazaki meme, but that's I re- what I was going for. But it for. replaced Miyazaki with Sakurai in it, though. <laughs> that's what I was going. I for. realize that's probably what you're going for, but my brain perfectly recreated that image. So we get introduced to Rouge, Knuckles, Tells, and Amy. Yeah. And we also get vaguely introduced to Shadow, but Sonic's like, well, he's not really my friend. We'll get into that later. Yeah. And he's talking about how it's great hanging out with them, and Green Hill Zone is such a fantastic place to live and everything. But there is one downside. The guy is constantly trying to ruin it all. Dr. Eggman. So I always confused Robotnik and Eggman, and apparently they're just the same person. Yes. Robotnik only exists because Sega America didn't like the name Eggman. when. Yeah, they didn't like the name Eggman. 
So they made Dr. Ivo Robotnik and then... Eventually just changed his name back to Eggman. Yeah. His name in Japan has been Eggman since the first From Sonic. the get-go, yep. baby. Yep. Yeah. But what it implies to me is now that Robotnik calls himself Eggman, Sonic and his friends have spent so long like making fun of Robotnik's body shape yeah. that he's self-internalized this bullying and now refers to himself as Eggman. Now, see, I think it's I think it's different. I think he's reclaiming that. That's his word. Sonic and friends don't get to use it. It's a slur to Eggman kind. Yes. I wouldn't like make the Eggman kind joke, but there's like at least five different Eggmans in there this show. There are five Eggmen. There's yeah. actually six, six. Eggmen in, yeah. in the show. Yeah. Nope. So Eggman kind. Mm-hmm. And then when it mentions having a fight with Eggman, we I'm, then. I'm sorry. The term Eggman kind. Yeah. In my brain, created an image of Eggman. Okay. With mankind mask being thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell. By Sonic? He didn't replace Undertaker. It was still Undertaker. No, no. You replaced Undertaker it with... It would be Big the Cat. I was going to say you replaced Undertaker with the... Or Knuckles. I was going to say replace Big the Cat or Undertaker, whoever you're putting there, with the Sonic boom, overly buff, <laughs> like, I am just a triangle Knuckles. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. So, when he's talking about fighting Eggman, though, we actually see a fight scene, and it turns out that this is kind of an important fight scene. We see Amy, Rouge, Tails, and Knuckles fighting Eggman, and they're wondering where the fuck Sonic is, which is reasonable. The man's super fucking fast, and he's late to this fight, apparently. Yeah, but Flash is also late to everything, so... That, that though, has been given some reason in DC Comics, though. Yeah, it's Barry Allen attempting to create a cover identity for why he and the Flash... Well, could... when Barry Allen's late, that's the reason. When the Flash is late, though, the reason they've used is generally it's because he's stopping a fuck ton of different crimes basically at once he's just like i figured you guys could hold off for like a minute while i solved 70 fucking crimes across the fucking world it's why kingdom come sonic sorry kingdom come flash is one of my favorite flashes because he never stops stopping crime he's just constantly running his city is legitimately just become like a utopic because yeah. people can't even trip in public anymore yeah. like they trip and they're like whoop mm-hmm. because there's no littering someone drops something it gets just teleported to a fucking trash can because flash is busy making life as perfect as a single man can yeah and what's more ridiculous is he could probably expand that past central city but just doesn't because uh well the world's fucked in kingdom come yeah so yeah they're getting ready to fight eggman and he's talking about how the paradox prison will be his they can't stop him he's been looking for so long he's had this plan and so they're all fighting bad nicks which are just the names for robot that eggman has made specifically the robots that eggman has made that are powered by flickies yeah tiny little bird things i didn't know what those were called mm-hmm. i feel bad because that term definitely existed back when i played sonic games yeah because i've only played sonic riders sonic team racing and the first three sonic games for genesis yeah, yeah. and smash brothers I mean... Not really a Sonic game, but sure. He's in it. So, as Eggman's getting ready to grab the Paradox Prism, this giant prism that We should mention, Sonic has shown up at this point. His team gave him shit because he was late. Yeah. But he has shown up. He kind of shows up as Eggman decides to, like, grab the crystal for himself. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not in his robot, if I remember correctly, at the start of this. He's in, like, a mech, but not like a, like, not like a full-on mech, but, like, like the things they use in the first Avatar movie that the humans yeah, yeah, pilot, yeah. or, like, the... the 
the over mech and alien or yeah anyways though he decides he's going to rip this crystal out which it's an obligation of like a bunch of different colored crystals it like, automatically made me think of chaos crystal the chaos gems chaos yeah. emeralds chaos emeralds i'm so bad with sonic lore guys even though they don't look like chaos emeralds is it just because it's a shiny big it, rock it was and the multicolors and because like chaos gems in all of my experience with chaos gems have been multicolored gem chaos I mean, emeralds have been multicolored yeah there all are a few different colors of chaos because emeralds, i think that is in sonic x which is the only other sonic show i've ever watched yeah all the chaos emeralds were different colors i think in the comics they are to uh, at least some of them uh the sonic the hedgehog archie comics see out of the two of us justice is much more well versed in sonic lore because only only late 90s early 2000s sonic lore because he was a little obsessed with the sonic archie comics look they had them at my local library for some fucking reason I went to the local library a lot, but I wasn't allowed to take books home because irresponsible parents. Thus, I just read what I could finish there. Also, I don't think they let comics check out from the no, library. No, they didn't let comics check out, but I'm saying like, yeah. instead of reading actual books, which I did still enjoy doing at that age, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to start a book, so I just read comics. I understand not letting comics get checked out. They're very fragile. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, R- Robotnik is trying to pull the Chaos Crystal Paradox Prism. Yeah. And then Sonic decides, but Whatever my friends are saying doesn't matter and rushes forward while well, the others yell for him to stop and as Eggman pulls on it and Sonic rushes to stop the prism shatters and Sonic is touching the prism as it shatters I think that's important I have no proof that that's important but I think it is Robotnik is not touching it he's using metal arms from his like robot thing yeah and now we're gonna have to figure out who's going to end up being shard bearers who's going to be like honestly I think Knuckles would be pretty cool in some shard plate but it's weird though because I don't know why we're crossing the way of kings with the Lightbringer series because there's also this whole prism thing going on with all these different colors. And I definitely don't think Robotnik or Eggman is a prism. I don't think he's the prism. Maybe that's going to be Sonic, but... Way of, the, Way of Kings is Brandon Sanderson, right? Yeah. Okay, because in my mind, when you talk about when you start talking about shard bearers, there's only one place I go. Yeah. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> true. And I was like, true, oh true. yeah, who's going to protect them from the miasma? I mean, that also works. I was just literally reading The Way of Kings earlier today, though. To be fair, there's a lot more miasma in Sonic Prime than there is whatever's going on in Way of Kings. Yeah. I mean, arguably, out of all of them, Eggman is the most equivalent to a shard bearer, or at least a user of some shards, because arguably Mechanical Exosuit is basically just shard plate, because shard plate's just fantasy exosuit. This is an incredibly wide tangent, and I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. But RDM has created a world where individual countries are ruled by shard bearers. Yeah. Do you think he is more actively influenced by Brandon Sanderson or Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles? Not neither. But if I had to choose between one of the two, I don't remember. Do the shard bearers in Crystal Chronicles do each shards have a different power? I don't remember. I don't See, the issue is I had Crystal Chronicles for Nintendo GameCube. And no memory card. So I, I've only ever got about three or four hours deep into Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. So I, I would go with the Way of Kings strictly because Way of Kings is more fantasy based. But I feel like the shards aren't as powerful. But I'm also not very far into the series. So. Fair enough. Hey, DM, if you're listening to this, let us know. Yeah, this is probably neither. Anyways, though, when the prism shatters, we get some tense music and our title screen. Yeah, and then Sonic appears in a futuristic city where he gets hit immediately well, by a... Fl- no. When we resume, Sonic is drifting through a shard-filled subspace dimension. Oh, yes, that's right. Sorry. And in this subspace dimension, there's giant crystallized versions of the Sonic crew and a crystalline version of Eggman. Yeah. And they're saying things that just further characterize them in case mm-hmm. you've never seen a Sonic proper 
property before in your life? Eggman's like, I can't wait to make things the reflection of me and defeat Sonic, blah, 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 blah. One day the world will no longer be forest and trees, but all industry. Yeah. Sonic is distinctly political, if you're unaware. Sonic is video game Captain Planet. Sonic and his crew are equivalently eco-terrorists. Yep. Good guys, Sonic and his gang. But yeah, uh, Eggman's ranting about industrialization. He tells us, like, I'm your best friend. As long as we're friends, you'll never be by yourself. And then Knuckles is like, look, you just gotta tell me who to smash and what to smash, and I'll smash. Knuckles, smash. Amy is like, yeah. I might be the heart of the team, but you're the only one who can who we can all rally behind. Yeah, and Rouge is just like, sometimes I'm a villain, sometimes I'm not. I'll still help. Specifically, she says, you might not like how I do it, but I always get things done. Yeah. They're honestly a little bit like the sassy like catchphrases you would expect a character to say when you're like hovering over them on a title screen for a video game. Like, who do I want to play as? With me, you'll never be alone. So Sonic might be the leader of the team, but I'm the heart of the team. Just tell me what to smash and win. You may not like how I do things, but I always get them done. Right. I will shape the world in my image. It's 100% a character select screen. <laughs> yeah. And so the Netflix selects Sonic. Boo. Bad choice. Whatever. Oh, I have to play the main character. And we start off in the new world on a street. Is Sonic Prime an isekai? Yes, he goes yeah. to another world. Yes. Even if it's a parallel dimension, it falls into Isekai's territory, I would say. Wonderful. And in classic Isekai tradition, though, a little subversion of the genre right here, upon appearing in the new world, he almost gets hit by a truck. Oh, he actually- The truck doesn't send him here, he but was... it does almost send him home. He, he does get hit by the truck. No. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yes and no. He does the cartoon thing of where he gets hit by it, but he actually kind of like grabs it and catches on and- does not seem to be affected by the impact at all. Oh, he 100% gets hit on and he's riding on it like a ca- cartoon character. Oh, it looks like he was holding it to me. Yeah, he's riding on it like a cartoon character when they get hit and they're like flat yeah. against it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and when he arrives, though, he does uh, say that was a sonic boom of a headache, which there are two ways to interpret this. No, there's one way to interpret this. There's only one correct way to interpret this. One, if you have no frame of reverence for th- sonic things besides the show you are currently watching being Sonic Prime, congratulations. He's made a joke about the sonic boom created with sound bears and it's loud, so it could hurt your head or better if you do know sonic stuff he's referencing sonic boom a bad sonic tv show i think distinctly the worst sonic tv show again i've only seen sonic x but no matter how bad sonic x is its theme songs alone make it better than sonic boom i mean the like random sonic animated adventures i have no idea what you're talking about there was like a small thing like older sonic art and it was much more like basically around the popular time of like the 90s where it was just, like here's this uh, shorts like those no. little here's this video game mascot we have how do we market him and they already had basically the animated sonic they would have on commercials and then mm-hmm. they had like little shorts like how there were the mario brothers like little short cartoon things okay yeah that makes sense I'm pretty sure sonic had his own run of that too so like, he gets hit by the truck and, and the truck is actually like hovering above the ground because it's future city um and we get a look we get to kind of look around the city yeah it's all very gray and dystopian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even the people in the background being moved along the sidewalks by people movers are grayish in color. You know, I hate Disney a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Because people movers means one thing. There is a thing called a people mover. Mm-hmm. And Disney decided to name a tram system a people mover. No. Yeah. Disney- the colors of people movers, Disney, if we're going by that fucking logic, my feet are people movers. Because it may only move one person most of the time, but I can pick people up and move them as well. The Disney tram system and Disney... Disneyland is called the People Mover, but People Movers are distinctly like the things in airports that are floors that just... Yeah, it's just a fucking conveyor belt for humans. Yeah, that's a People Mover. Fuck you, Disney. 
Sorry, it irritates me because like... I don't blame you. Disney's dumb. I don't want to say people mover and have people misunderstand what we mean by people mover. Yeah. Because it's very important to the imagery here because these anthropomorphized animals are all like standing despondently on the people mover, heads down. Yeah. Just going to where they're going. And Sonic's really fucking confused about where he is. And so he like runs, but he's having a really fucking hard time of it. Yeah. His shoes are all glowy with energy mm-hmm. and light. And he doesn't really run far. And so he... He doesn't notice his shoes are weird. They're just weird and glowy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he starts trying to figure out where he is. He's asking anyone on the people movers. Yeah, he grabs one of the animals and it's like, mm-hmm. where are we? What What is this place? They literally don't even like acknowledge him. And then we hear a horn sound and there's this big floaty hunk of metal that should not reasonably stay in the sky. And it's got like horns on it and mm-hmm. billboards. A little like projective heads up display billboard type situation. And it says, welcome to New York City. Yep. And Sonic's like, I have no idea where that is i must have traveled quite a distance yeah and you know he's not very happy because he doesn't like cities but he is pretty excited when he sees big and froggy on one of those people movers yeah and he runs up to them and he's like hey guys it's so great to see you where are we what's going on hugs them and they have no idea what's going on they don't even look like they recognize him Mm -hmm. but we don't actually find out because swiftly some drones sweep in yeah because we see the scene immediately after he hugs onto big through a red lens so obviously a robot and some robots swoop in and like unidentified citizen blah 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 um and they're like uh stand down you're breaking so many laws set forth by the chaos council and he's like oh can you drive me to the chaos council they sound important i mean he's also told to fix it or be disassembled yes not that there's assumedly a way to fix that very easily so just disassemble so sonic runs off but he's still having trouble hitting speed yeah the robots are keeping up pretty well basically hit sonic acceleration really really good but his handling has dropped a fuck ton in this yeah new area so he gets cornered in an alley and mm-hmm. manages to bop off a couple of the bots and he's surprised to find out that the robots aren't powered by flickies because he immediately assumed they were botniks yeah badniks because, because botniks are the only thing badniks sorry mm-hmm. badniks are the only robots that he has experience with mm-hmm. so he decides because he's having trouble running that the easiest way out of here is up and he catches on to a maglev like train system they call it like the caterpillar or something later yeah it looks like a caterpillar but it's, it's a maglev train system with a fancy name yeah and it pulls him up along the side of a skyscraper sorry they call it the scarab oh yeah and he notices that the skyscraper is being like assembled by a giant like claw Mm -hmm. and he notices that a chunk is being put down so he jumps off of the scarab and lands on the metal plate in between the two stacks of building and just zips along that the drones follow him behind him and then get crushed by the building being finished assembled yeah and the really important part of this scene for us i think is that it gives us a sense of scale for new yoke yeah because while it is just a it is just a chase scene that's what it boils down to it is a chase scene that sh- like is shot from above new york city for the most part and gives us a sense of scale for the city yeah but after he escapes those robots he's standing at the base of a building on the sidewalk area and we see what looks like a much older camera compared to every other bit of technology we've seen here like it looks like a mid 2000 cctv mm-hmm. uh camera that you would have for security on a business we see its lens dilate and focus on him and then we see an amy shape in front of a bank of screens with a robotnik shadow well not then we get that oh not yet okay yeah and then we get sonic complaining about yeah he goes how much the city sucks smog concrete and evil robots all the things i I hate in one place and then he turns around and sees that like this little section of wall here looks like the same gradient texture pattern they use on all of the land for green hill zone yeah he's like wait what no and he runs up the side of a skyscraper jumps up in the air 
and he sees the loop from yeah. Green Hill Zone, which has been like preserved, and you can't really see it from where he is, but I assume it's a fucking roundabout. Yeah. And then he sees the area where Tell's shop should be. He sees it's like a area that's homes for some people i don't know yeah it, he just sees a bunch of landmarks that he mm-hmm. recognizes but he focuses in on tell's shop and he goes tells i need to find tells yeah. he'll know what's going on and then he falls back down through the sky into a trash can and we cut to tells pre-shattering because when we jump to this world we were told that this is the shatter shattered is yeah. the name of the episode at least yeah uh, we're not told that, that this is shattered yeah. but we are told that this next scene happens pre-shattering yes and we see mr miles per hour flying around in his airplane the tornado and we also see Rouge and Knuckles fighting some bad Nicks. And Sonic is fighting an egg crusher robot. Yep. And while he's fighting the egg crusher, Tells is doing like reconnaissance from the sky. Yeah. And immediately notice, well, not immediately, but after doing a scan of the egg crusher, notices that Robotnik's not actually inside of it, that he's just like phoning his voice in from somewhere. Yeah. And he tries to tell Sonic, but Sonic being Sonic, he's not paying any attention. He's like, yeah, no, I've got him beat. This is easy. Sonic, it's a trap. I don't see a trap. Then again, I guess that is kind of the definition of a trap. I wouldn't see it. I love Sonic's himbo energy in this. Yeah. In Sonic X, I think Sonic was too smart. I would agree. Yeah. And then, despite Miles trying to warn him, Sonic does his little spin thing and knocks the egg crusher off the edge of a cliff because they are batting on top of a mountain. And they're he just falling, falling, rides falling. egg crusher down into the ground. Mm-hmm. Slams it in, and we see a giant blue concussive blast of energy fly out. Yeah, and it like hits everybody, including Shadow, who we mm-hmm. we don't know that it hits Shadow yet. My bad. Yeah. And we see that it cracks up the mountain. Yep. And Sonic's like, "Huh? Didn't know I was that fast or that strong." Yes. And Tails looks vaguely upset and flies off in his plane. And then Eggman spying from the distance. Thanks, Sonic, for powering up the explosion for the robot, as it saved them months worth of digging time. This is also the introduction of his two little robot lackeys that he always travels with. I don't know their names. I'm not a Sonic fan, Justice. Yeah, he has Orbot and Cubot with him. The yellow one that is boxy is Cubot. The red one that is roundish is Orbot. I remember them from Sonic X after I looked up images of their Sonic X forms. Yeah, bumbling buffoons. Yeah, they're great. I actually kind of love them in Sonic X. Yeah, no, they're generally kind of fun. And in here, we kind of just get Eggman starting to make a monologue, and they interject some dumb shit, and they'll do it again later. We did forget to mention that during the fight with the Egg Smasher, yeah. Eggman from a distance radioed through the Egg Smasher, calls, tells a mutant freak, yeah, so as Sonic is debating a trap thing, he almost starts to listen to Tells, and Sonic says something, and Eggman agrees with him, and Sonic is still going to stop the fight, because I think Sonic was like, yeah, I guess I'm not that smart, and Eggman's like, yeah, you're just dumb, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Eggman realizes, oh, Sonic didn't take that as a taunt that it'll work, so instead he insults Tells, Sonic gets upset, and then he does the spin dash into Yeah, so bot. He, ups- he insults Tells to upset Sonic, because Sonic only cares about his friends, but he also... Is making fun of somebody for their physical deformity, mm-hmm. which is just a nice little quick keynote that Eggman is indeed evil. Yeah. So Eggman, like we were saying, is with his bots, Cubot and Orbot, and he is expressing how happy he is that Sonic took care of the issue and blew up part of the mountain for him because it would have taken way too long to dig. Mm-hmm. So after the fight, Sonic goes looking for Tails, finds him in his lab, yeah. which is really a, gar- a garage or an airplane hangar, mm-hmm. and the passcode to Workshop. get in is 1992, which either means Tails is 
fourth wall breakingly stupid or this is just a clever like little easter egg yeah because 1992 would be the year that he first debuted in sonic adventures 2 so- I, sonic 2 yeah i think it's just sonic whatever 2. it is the, the second sonic game in 1992 the second genesis one you know yeah. the one i spent way too many hours playing as a child yeah and he's like i didn't mean to upset you tells like what's going on until you're like that felt too easy it felt like a trap like i said there was like this weird energy signal and you definitely never gave off a blast that big before didn't you find it weird that eggman wasn't in the cockpit yeah and then sonic and tells kind of like discuss what eggman would need an explosion like that for mm-hmm. only after sonic mentions that instead of like a seat or anything for eggman there was a weird device in the machine yeah and tells us like well you didn't throw that in with the dump of bad nick parts did you and sonic's like nope runs off rushes back he's just like you ordered a thing and so they realized that it was like an amplifier to amplify sonic's yeah. speed into an explosion and they're discussing what eggman would want with an explosion of that size for and then Rouge chimes in from the loft above them that, oh yeah, no, I could see him definitely needing something like that. After all, I have heard about the Paradox Prism being buried underneath the bedrock of the Green Hill Zone. It's such a beautiful gem that I've been looking for for so long. And Sonic's like, wait, how did you get in here? And she just ignores him. Yeah. And so she lays out all this like plot. Yep. And then he's like, okay, but uh, how did you get in here? Yeah. And then we cut from them to Eggman, who is actually going into the mountain now to get the prism. And here he has his really lengthy monologue about how this is it he is at the precipice of and then i think it's kubak that goes the mountain that was that was legitimately funny yeah it was like the definition of an anti-joke and then cubot cuts in with another bad timing here somewhere in his monologue and eggman tells him to shut up as he takes his first step he steps into a little cave area falls about 15 feet and then yells at them for not telling him how big that first step was yeah and then he gets up and he sees the paradox prism and cue evil laughter yep uh the sonic crew further discuss what eggman was was doing they're all sitting on top of the loop and they're trying to figure out if they can figure out what his plan is like what he's trying to do and then they realize that whatever, it doesn't matter. We're just going to go back to the mountain. And Sonic's like, cool, I'm going to get some coins first and takes off. And then the others fly off on Tells' plane. Then we cut Except back. for Rouge, who flies off with her bat wings. Mm-hmm. And she carries Knuckles. No, Knuckles is holding oh, on yeah. Sorry, you're right. to the left top wing of the tornado. So back in the present day, Sonic is realizing that he is still in Green Hill. Mm-hmm. And that this means Eggman has won. Yep. He doesn't so, know how, but he knows that Eggman has won. So he's like, oh, fuck. And has to go find Tells because that's his best shot, in his opinion, at fixing things. So then we cut to an amy-esque silhouette Mm -hmm. that subtitles tell you is named rusty rose yes and she is watching sonic on surveillance with the shadow of eggman beside her which yeah so that's fun um neither of them actually recognize sonic yeah rose says that the eggbots failed to stop him but that he is now heading into Babel's territory yep and then we get sonic being chased by robots again until he encounters a giant robot that looks like a giant orb that then just has like giant cylindrical kind of arms but the middle of it looks like a fucking Simon Says. Is that what is that what those toys are called? Where like they they just have like animal noises and noises on them. Well, the no. Dial. But like it looked like it had like four big main collar components. Okay. So it looked like the Simon Says game push a collar. And each collar component was like separated into like four more like sound icons. Was it on that? Yeah. I missed it on there. I just saw because big blocks of color. It rolls to the baby rattle, which is how it gets the baby rattle weapon out. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's more of um not a speaking spell. No, it's just like they they just go like dogs says wolf 
Rattle Moo. goes. Moo. Yeah. That's the sound a rattle makes. It is the sound a rattle makes. Anyways, though, Sonic consults him calling a baby and kind of tries to fight it. He ends up beating up some robots and knocks the cockpit open. And inside is an actual baby. A baby robotnik. Yeah. So Sonic's like, what? And is confused, closes it again, and starts running. Mm-hmm. And Sonic eventually outruns Babble's robot. I mean, not really outruns. He runs into a pipe that the giant robot can't fit in. Yeah. And after he dives into that pipe, Rouge, who is now standing on top of a building with Knuckles, spots Sonic and decides to follow him as he is fast and strong and anti-egg. Um, yeah. Knuckles is suspicious. He thinks it's a trap. And we learn here that Rouge is being called Rebel mm-hmm. and Knuckles is being called Nux. Yeah. Um, Rebel and Nux. Mm-hmm. Their, their full code names or names just get better after this. It's Rebel Rouge and Renegade Nux. I love it. Anyways, though, we see Sonic at basically their train station equivalent in New Donk. The Scarab Station. New York City, not New Donk City. It's, kind of, it's fine. I actually made that mistake at least once in my notes. I also and, called it New York at least once in my notes. Yeah. And then he sees Tells off in the distance and follows him. But when he gets to where he was, basically the end of like the station area, Tells is gone. So he looks around a little bit and he sees a door that has a keypad protection on it. And he walks up to it and he's like, if I know Tells at all, types in 1992, the door opens. And he goes, Tells. And then Tells doesn't respond. So he walks over to Tells, slaps a hand on his shoulder and says, Tells. And then Tells turns to me and goes, what did you call me? And up from behind his back pop up seven sharp tails even though they're thin and fairly straight so they look much more like insectoid legs he has so much doc ock vibes here yeah so this turns into a full-on fight between sonic and tells yeah because tells yells it's not tells my name is nine, nine. yeah nines it feels like there's an s on it sometimes i don't I know. think it's nines and it's funny because like the idea is he's a kitsune nine tailed foxes also because yeah that's really it yeah two-tailed fox weakest kitsune mm-hmm. nine-tailed fox strongest kitsune i guess actually a one-tailed Fox is the weakest Kasune, but yeah. So they start fighting, and Tells manages to knock Sonic out of his workshop and onto an oncoming Scarab train. Mm-hmm. And then he gets on the Scarab and he's using like his extra tentacles, Tells, yeah. To stake into the top of the scarab yeah. as he walks forward. So he has like two metal tails like acting as legs and then five more metal tails as weapons yeah. and, and his two normal tails. And he's just like straight up laying the smack down yeah. on Sonic. And the entire time they're both kind of arguing like Sonic's being like, what are you doing? Like, I'm your friend. And Tosu's being like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who sent you, but what what are you doing? Nobody has friends in New York. I mean, that comes later after yeah. their fight resolves. Yeah, yeah. And so their fight resolves by tails almost falling off the side of a train, catching on with his his tails but there is another oncoming scarab that he's not gonna be able to stop in time like climb back up before it hits him but sonic yanks him back up and they actually go flying off the scarab they're standing on roll a bit along the platform and then they're both standing up again kind of tense and tells is still very suspicious well nines and then sonic's like don't you remember how he met and tells the whole story about how sonic and tells met and the entire story is told on like the genesis engine style yeah i mean it's using a pixel style art but it definitely has a much higher pixel count yeah so the story is it's like a 2.5 d tells was being bullied by two foxes with what single singular tells yeah they're bullying him because he has two yeah because he's a mutant freak right and, Eggman? and then sonic rushes by and kind of stops them and they've been friends ever since and tells is like how do you know that that's not how that story went and then we see it, this tells or nines now story and he's walking along a city in it in like gritty pixely mm-hmm. 2d and these two foxes jump out of a bush and they tease him and they beat him up and he's like and that went on for years until i took it upon myself to use my fox 
fox what? cunning. My fox smarts, because in the fight song, I was talking about how smart he is several times. Yeah. To solve the problem myself, and I made these, and no one's messed with me ever since. And Sonic's just like, no, but but we're friends. And then tells us, like, there are no friends. And pulled out, like, a gun. And, and Sonic goes, wait, 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 wait. I thought we were getting on better. And his shoes are smoldering and glowing now from this fight. And then it's just like, hold still, pulls the trigger, and it scans him. Yep. So, like you said, Sonic's shoes have been glowing and sparky ever since he arrived in New York. Yeah. And with the scanner, Nine uses it to, like, create regulators to stop Sonic's energy from causing his shoes from burning up or exploding. Yeah, he realizes there's some weird energy about Sonic. Yep. So, he gives these, like, four little clips, two go on his gloves, two I mean, go on his shoes. little, like, discs, the magnetic discs almost they look like. Yeah, and they transform his shoes and gloves to look more like metal and futuristic his shoes look more like fancy cleats and his gloves look like basic future gloves that you would throw on any rpg character yeah they got a metal circle on the back Mm -hmm. and And then like just what would in a board be your copper flat wire your copper uh i just call them cybernetic tracing yeah but instead they're just the same dark grayish metal yeah and Um, sonic's like whoa this is awesome i'm gonna test them out yeah he's like he realizes before he says he's gonna test them they work a lot better he's gonna go test them out and drags nines along with him and then just like no we shouldn't go outside that's a dumb idea and basically the moment they walk outside Babel picks them up yep and rebel and knuckles see it happen mm-hmm. and they're like well looks like blue has a friend so i am unsure if we had a small time skip from Sonic that he's going to test them out, or if Nine's there, there, place... There, there had to be a little bit of a time skip because we jumped from this, the essentially the subway mm-hmm. system to the street level. Uh-huh, I was about to say, or Nine's base has more than one entrance slash exit. Fair enough. Because we don't know that that system is higher up. Yeah, that's fair. You um, could have just had like a fucking back door that leads down to the street. Yeah, so Rebel and Knuckles then are like, looks like Blue has a friend, and he's involved now too. Well, Rebel says that, mm-hmm. and Knuckles goes, didn't look very friendly to me. Feels like a trap. Because yeah. Everything feels like a trap to this Knuckles. He's like Admiral Akbar if you gotta say it's a trap more than once in a movie. Look, at least on two occasions where Knuckle becomes like actually kind of a character involved in stuff, his first experience with Sonic and Tails was being tricked into thinking they were evil by Eggman. His introduction to Sonic, which I do believe was originally in Sonic the Hedgehog Archie comics, was, oh, I've been lied and tricked. It was a trap. So Sonic and Tails, Sonic and Nine, are taken to the council headquarters... Yes. And Sonic is put into like a stasis ring. Uh, yeah. It's got two little cuffs for his arms and two little cuffs for his feet. And it's all powered by electricity. And- Mr. Incredible prison setup. Incredibles 1. Yeah. Sonic sees Amy, but it turns out she's not called Amy. She's a cybernetic variant that used to be Amy named yeah. Rusty Rose. Cybernetic enhancements were required to survive. Yeah. She's very robotic, very unemotional. In the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, Eggman really likes to turn people into robots or try to. He turns Sonic into one. Knuckles gets turned into one. He tries to turn Bunny into one. So the council then come in and Amy, sorry, Rusty Rose introduces us to all of them. Mm-hmm. We have... I don't remember their names. I have all their names cool. here. Can I go before that? Sure. We've got old Eggman, hippie Eggman, teen gamer Eggman, baby Eggman, and the pompadour wearing Eggman. We have Dr. Dunnett, Dr. Deep, Dr. Don't. Dr. Babble and Mr. Dr. Eggman. I remembered Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. Because we're actually introduced to the concept of Mr. Doctor earlier. Yeah. When Sonic is talking to Nine and he's like, We fought Eggman together and everything. And, and Sonic's like, You mean Mr. Dr. Eggman? Nate Nine goes, Which one? Yeah. Mr. Dr. Eggman? And Sonic goes, Yeah, that one, I guess. Yeah. And when they're here and they get the introduction, Sonic goes, Oh, that's the one you meant. Yeah. And we learn from the Chaos Council, which was that they're calling themselves, mm-hmm. that they have no data on Sonic. They have no idea who he is. Yeah. It's weird 
weird to me because I don't think the it didn't look like the shadow that was with um, Rusty was any of these five. It may not be. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking there has to be a sixth. Like because we saw bald top and just the tufts on the side and the shadow looked like mm-hmm. the options are it's Doctor Dunnett, but we should have seen some of the beard probably. Mm-hmm. But also Eggman is a very odd shape, so it might be hard to get that shape there. Or it was Mr. Doctor Eggman without his pompadour. Yeah, I think there's a sixth Eggman. I would agree. Sonic accuses them of being an Eggman family and accuses Mr. Doctor Eggman of calling in reinforcements. Yeah, and Eggman's just like, fool. We're not family. We are five people who are simultaneously one. We are the Chaos Council, and they don't actually tell us anything. This tells us nothing about who they are or how they exist. Yeah. The Eggman don't know, like you said, don't know anything about him. Rusty Rose then suggests that they may be able to determine his nature based on his unique energy signature that they haven't seen before. She also suggests that they figure out what his energy signature is via life-threatening testing. Yeah. And the entire time, Sonic's like, Amy, you know I hate tests. So my assumption, though, as to why all these, just some headcanoning here from things, as to why all these Eggmans are the same and exist across a different spectrum, is that obviously, because the robots don't use flickies, they're using chaos energy. Mm -hmm. They're called the Chaos Council. There are seven Chaos Emeralds. I would assume each of them has one. Like, I, I don't know if they managed to split their aspects somehow and are fueling that with a Chaos Emerald. Chaos Emeralds do wonky shit that never makes sense anyways. And I, different things in every iteration. Mm-hmm. And then I assume one is probably powering all of New York City. And then I don't know what the seventh one would be doing. So here would be my here would be my guess. Um, or I'm the gonna... Paradox Prism separates people into aspects of themselves, so prisms. So here's what my aspect is if we're talking Chaos Emeralds. If it's, mm-hmm. uh, if it's broken to seven Chaos Emeralds, we have the five council members we have dr eggman himself who we haven't seen yet and we have sonic who has one sonic doesn't know he has one because it's actually inside of him right now i mean but i guess but sonic doesn't seem to have existed in this parallel universe so i don't know why he would have one in him because even though he didn't exist in this parallel universe this universe can't exist without the seven chaos emeralds having shattered like that what do you mean having shattered oh you oh I, yeah i'm thinking of the prism my bad yeah, you think of the paradox prism I'm just saying there are seven Chaos Emeralds. Yeah, okay. So the and they're called the Chaos that, Council. So the seventh one would be fueling the city, I guess, and they each have their own. But then there's... Yeah, and, then, then, and that leads to the Secret Eggman theory. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't know if the Secret Eggman would have had it. Like, I, I don't know what the seventh one would have been before he appeared. Unless, in this paradox, he appears before Sonic appears. Well, that, that Eggman doesn't seem to know Sonic either. True. So I think that Eggman is just the head of the council. Yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, so Sonic is like, uh, you know I hate tests, but then they start testing him anyways. The first test is just a pair of t- laser turrets that shoot at him as he runs around um he eventually gets them to shoot each other but he's also being forced to do these tests because rusty rose threatened to harm tails if he didn't yeah the next test is just a treadmill with like laser wires and the treadmill goes up and down and mm-hmm. it oscillates basically and he has to dodge the lasers and the next one is an obstacle course with fan blades and a spike crusher and um, spikes just generally yeah look these are all what if we remove a little segment from a sonic map and make him participate in it yeah and then they put him in a hamster roll with things bouncing around inside it looked like spike balls yeah and he's just running around in this ball trying to dodge it mm-hmm. sonic appeals to rusty rose at this Though, point sorry yeah no you're right never mind i was literally about to say this okay. what you're about to say yeah sonic you can you can take it that's fine i've been talking okay so after the hamster ball kind of finishes sonic asks if he passed the test and then old man eggman or dr Dunnett tells rusty rose to make him run after rusty rose says no limit has been found and so sonic's like do you have no heart and she opens a little chest compartment he accuses her of being heartless. Mm-hmm. And we see a flicky in her chest. And she says, the birdie seems to say no. So they push Sonic to his limits. And then begins to realize that the, signature, that the energy signature that he detected on Sonic yes. is the same one that powers New York City. So assuming 
the chaos energy, which makes sense because sometimes Sonic just has chaos energy. And as Sonic finally reaches his limit, he begins experiencing the speed force. Yeah. It's literally the speed force. And he hears Prime Shadow tell him, it's broken. It's all broken. Yes. And we also have the Council of Chaos reacting because, oh, dope slash weird. This energy field is supercharging our systems. And then we also see Rusty Rose's console that she's using to control these tests spark and she backs up. And then Sonic is back at the loop before the crew goes to stop Eggman from getting the Paradox Prism. Yep. And so... As, actually, this is where they all leave to go. Yeah, we replay this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow Sonic's crew as they go to the cave to get the Paradox Prism. They're observing the mountain, and they realize that the cloud around it hasn't moved. So they circle around, and they see that there's a small entrance, and it's covered in robots. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sonic goes to get rings, just in case Eggman manages to hurt him. And while running through Green Hill, collecting rings, we see Shadow come running towards him. We also see Shadow running as well. And then we end the episode with Shadow having just punched Sonic, and we freeze on that. Freeze frame, end episode and then we get an end theme that is a little bit ska but very much still sonic yes so what are your thoughts on episode one of sonic prime shattered it's a very cool show that has big animated movie vibes it doesn't feel like a show it feels like a movie you would see in theaters and i don't know what i mean by that distinctly like it just the vibe is movie the vibe isn't show the vibe is movie i get that i guess i think a lot of it's because they put a lot of work into these action sequences Mm, fair enough that are so long they feel out of place almost unless it was a longer feature that said we should also mention as an animated show this first episode is 45 minutes yes but it's a fun vibe and i really enjoy seeing sonic characters reimagined in a dystopian future style it very much sits like marvel's what ifs or dc's else worlds yeah because it's not stuff that like we normally get like we don't normally get nine nine is cool he's cool as fuck he's a little edgy but eh, eh. i'm a 90s kid edgy is cool fuck you um, we haven't specifically seen these versions of Sonic characters before in the games as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I don't believe so. And as far as Sonic Media goes, I think they're also pretty original to that. Again, I have no clue. Uh, that said, I like it all. I would say it would easily have outclassed most Saturday morning cartoons in the early and mid-outs. I would agree on most of that, yeah. Like, this show makes Sonic X look bad, and Sonic X wasn't distinctly bad. It was just mid. Yeah. Honestly, the animation is really fluid and nice, and the movement is really well done. And I didn't think I liked the animation at first. Like when we first started, I like, I like, oh, oh I, I really like how it like emulates the Genesis games. Mm-hmm. I don't really like don't like how like the characters interact with the 3D world very much. Mm. But like it grew on me very quickly. Yeah, like, I actually think it's pretty good. Yeah. And the music is also really good. Like the opening baseline of the show was just a fun time. I would say my biggest complaint is we do, it's going to sound weird, spend so much time on Sonic just running around. At the speed of sound. That part annoys me. And eh. But yeah, I think I'd watch more of this based on the first episode. Maybe not as long of an episode I, I wouldn't want. Well, that's good because I would also watch more of this and the next episode isn't as long. The next episode is 25 minutes. And it is the yoke is on you. Also, Netflix kind of has like Disney Plus level credits for this show. Mm-hmm. So even though it says 45 minutes, it's closer to a 40 minute runtime. And even though it says 25 minutes, it's closer to like a 20 minute runtime. And um, and fun fact, because it happens very quickly, it's less like a 20 minute runtime and more like a 17 minute minute runtime oh i have a little bit of discussion about this because it repeats so many of the same fucking scenes it suffers really badly from srs Mm -hmm. the good old shonen recap syndrome yeah 
So we start with zoomies of Shadow because we start with Shadow. He's zooming around, killing rocks because I guess that's fun. Well, it's because apparently rocks sometimes have chaos emeralds in them. Yeah, he finds a chaos emerald. Either, and Either he like could sense the chaos emerald's location and like didn't know which rock it was or he like it's just commonplace that. I mean, I think Shadow can in the games. Don't hold me to this. I haven't played the Shadow game. I just know of it and know story stuff about it. I think he has like a vague ability to sense chaos energy because I think that's how he manages to like find Zonic. You know what I know about the Shadow game? It's broken as all holy fuck. He has air shoes and he wields double pistols because he's a badass. Well, yeah, everyone knows the Shadow Sonic game is just the Sonic franchise's Dirge of Cerberus. It really is. Except Dirge of Cerberus isn't a broken They're both experiments. They're both motivated by the death of someone that they were supposed to watch out for and care for. They both have strange energy that's kind of undefined, but there are other people that use it and it seems to be based around natural forces. They have weird amnesiac things going on. They both have rocket shoes and guns and their main motif is black and red in color. You're not wrong, but the Shadow game is a buggy piece of shit. Dirge of Cerberus is a master class Look, in experimental I'm genres. I'm just saying Shadow is Vincent Valentine. He uh, is Vincent Valentine's persona. Speaking of personas, before we get into episode two, let's get into this. Episode two, by the way, is entitled The Oat Yolks on You. I already covered that. Oh, yeah. Before we get into this, we realized something. Justice realized something during this watch. Because I was like, it's really weird to me that Sonic lists Rouge just straight up as one of his friends. She's typically more like an anti-hero. Oh, yeah. And then I made what was meant to be a passing joke, aimed lightly at the furry community, but more at the weird Sonic cringe OC community, which was, well, it's, the more someone wants to fuck a character the more that character is good like becomes good and i just like as a joke started rattling off characters i was like yeah you're right poison ivy harley Harley quinn Quinn, deadpool i named Mm. there was more fuck my brain is like filling bike bike black cat Spike from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. by the way. Catwoman. Mm-hmm. It's just the more fuckable a character becomes to the audience, the more they stray from anti-hero to just straight up hero. Yeah. Does that apply for Punisher yet? I don't think it has. Okay. I know a lot of cops would like to give him a blowjob, but... Yeah, he wouldn't want that, though. A cab. Punisher does not like cops. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think we've we stumbled on a theory here called the anti-hero to fuckable skill. Yeah. Or the anti-hero to fuckable pipeline. No, the fuckable to hero pipeline. Uh, the more yes. fuckable you are, the more hero you become. Oh, uh, yes, that's the best way to determine it. The fuckable hero pipeline. <laughs> fuckable to hero pipeline. Yep. No, we, we got the two because it, it doesn't work with the flow so it's just a fuckable hero pipeline oh, okay yeah the two is implied you know it once you learn the model of how it works you know that you're going from fuckable to hero on the pipeline it's wild like there's so many characters so many yeah nissa ravane from magic the gathering sure she went from being a literal eugenicist to being one of the primary characters because i thought of one that oscillates somewhat deathstroke oscillates back and forth between that liliana vess also yeah she started off as a straight villain well what it feels like is people want to fuck them and then they start to make them better and then someone's like wait this person's supposed to be evil so then they crank it back up it generally feels like one big act that's why like deathstroke will be like oh look here's his family life here's this yeah sure he kind of fucked up his children's lives but he did it for a good reason and people are like oh look deathstroke kind of fuckable and then the writers are like he also oh, sexually molested a 14 year old also we're gonna put his mask back on for a while not and the mask forget he's a daddy underneath that mask and people are like oh yeah fuck he's a groomer he's a, and a, pedo. He's a horrible piece of shit and then they do an arc where he has to work with them and like oh yeah they take his mask off for a while is does huntress fall into this pipeline kind of yeah. so does jezai 
this pipeline is going to break me. I wonder if this pipeline works in reverse, though. So, like, hear me out. Red Arrow or Arsenal? I don't think anyone's ever really wanted to fuck him. And he always tends to go from hero to anti-hero. And then <laughs> Jason that's, Todd. And then, and then <laughs> that's when people want to fuck them, once they hit the anti-hero scale. The J- pipeline, you can reverse the flow on pipeline and go from hero to fuckable. It just means you're not a hero anymore. Jason Todd is the yep. prime. <laughs> Holy shit. So I guess the actual example here is the more of an anti-hero you are, the more fuckable you are, and thus the more fuckable you are, the more comics want to put you in it. And then people are like, well, it's hard to tell just a straight anti-hero story with a good plot that we wanted to do, so we have to make them more of a hero. It's obviously a bit of a miasma there, but like... I think it's easily explained. This means that there is a perfect point on the scale between fuckability and anti-hero. Yeah. Wild shit. I don't think Deadpool actually reached fuckability levels until Ryan Reynolds played him. Like, yeah. To be- before that, people were like, oh yeah, Deadpool is gross as fuck. He's just cool. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, nah, dude, I don't care if he looks like cancer. Sorry. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a weird pipeline. Anyways, back to the episode. <laughs> Uh, we, like so you said, the blue stuff, we get a shot after Shadow finds the Chaos Emerald of the blue speed explosion, and Shadow just looks up. He sees the weird cosmic shard subspace for some fucking reason, and just is like, Sonic, what did you do? And then he runs. And he runs. And he runs so far away, and then he punches Sonic. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, and this turns into a whole fight between Sonic and Shadow. This is also where Sonic explains who Shadow is. It's also is... where Shadow breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, Shadow. Sonic's been doing that a little bit too, but yeah. but Sonic is just like he's like kind of nemesis, but you know he uses rollerblades. To which Shadow looks at the screen and goes, "They're not rollerblades; they're air shoes." Yeah, and this turns into a whole fight between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow knocks him around a bit. We get a cool chase scene. Shadow is like, "What the fuck did you do? The world went all wobbly." The fight ends with some flickies watching them and yeah. Sonic just gets jacked in the face by Shadow. A vaguely amusing thing though that throughout this fight is as Shadow beats up Sonic because Sonic doesn't get a fucking land a blow in and when they destroy some trees and shit coins pop out. Yeah. Well but not coins. Rings. rings. Yeah. But the fight ends with Shadow decking Sonic. Yep. And three flickies like fly around his head. Yeah. I mean so there's that but just before it Shadow's asking Sonic what the fuck he did. Mm-hmm. Sonic's just like it's none of your fucking business basically and she's like what the fuck bro. Yeah. But after the punch we hear sonic voiceover going and i can't remember anything after that i mean there's also a giant explosion that takes place on top of the mountain and sonic gets distracted and looks up and he's like my friends and he turns back around to try to say something to shadow and shadow just punches him in the face and says don't get distracted yeah this is the part where he gets punched in the face and the flickies yep. fly around his head and then we go back to new york city and it's not clear here they don't make it clear but it is before sonic gets captured by babbles yes and we see a giant floating machine and it's broadcasting an image of sonic and it's like like, if you have any information about the Blue Hedgehog, you need to come forward now. Mm-hmm. And we see Biggs with Froggy still on his hat. His eyes go wide, and he looks kind of scared. And then we move camera over to Nux and Rebel on a rooftop, watching Sonic and Tails getting carted away. That scene we already had in the first episode, and we don't immediately cut from there. We get their exact same lines again. Mm-hmm. And then... They, um, get, they get a call from base, yeah. and somebody says, we need you back at base. There's something you need to see. Yep. And um, they walk in. This is where we get their full titles. Rebel Rouge and Renegade Knuckles and Renegade Knucks we have something to show you and they're showing a clip of Sonic yelling uh, about how he hates concrete smog robots and he wants to go home yeah it's really Sonic telling Nine about the old grassy hills from the pre-industrialization yeah. and how he hates it here now and we flash back to Rouge being awoken by Green Hills being deforested and destroyed yep there's just some robots pushing trees across 
And then Rouge flies up in the air and looks around, and we see more of the destruction happening. And we see Knuckles just beating the shit out of some robots. Rouge flies down, sa- picks him up, and saves him. Because he starts to get overwhelmed. And the change from Green Hill to Egghead Industrialized City... It's very quick. Yeah, it's it's a matter of moments. I don't think it's legitimately a matter of moments. It probably, like, in canon takes years. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes no time at all, given the fact that it is very cartoony and, like, its story well, in the games and stuff. Tells grew, games. But Nattel's grew up in the city because we got yeah. his backstory. Which would imply to me that it took very little time to transform it all of a sudden because I don't think Rouge or Knuckles are that much older than him, especially since they appear to be about the same age in the way they're acting. Okay, but based on like comic book ages, they're like eight years older than him. Yeah. So matter of years, I would say. Yeah, what I'm saying is like, I don't know if it took years. Like, it could be instant, no problem. Yeah, okay. So they're both just like, this sucks. And then we go back. Well, Rouge goes... We need to save the blue guy. He's an enemy of the council. That means we need to save him. And Knuckles goes, feels like a trap. Yeah. And then we cut back to the test and we just see all of that stuff repeat. I'm never going to let us skip a part where Knuckles says that feels like a trap because yeah. it is his entire characterization in the future line. So we cut, like I said, back to Sonic doing tests. Mm-hmm. Literally nothing new. And then we cut away from there to a scene we could have just done anyways. And it's Knuckles and Rebel on top of a roof making a plan about how to break into the council to free Sonic. They have a little iPad basically in there well, they did planning just, out the building. They did just sneak through the streets though. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they briefly snuck through the streets. And then while they're planning out how to break in, we get some of the robots stopping Biggs and identify him as Citizen 1998. Another just subtle nod to his debut year. Yep. And they, Sonic Adventure. And they start interrogating him about his contact with the Blue Hedgehog. Yeah. And then we cut back to the test as Sonic is overloading stuff. As that happens, we get Shadow talking again. It's literally the exact same scene. Mm-hmm. And then we see the big explosion and we actually leave that room now, though. And we see that it's an EMP for oh, we didn't get the of... We didn't get the big explosion last episode. That's yeah, yeah. New. We stopped right, right before it. Mm-hmm. So the explosion goes off, and it's basically a giant EMP over all of New York City. So Biggs doesn't get interrogated. Mm-hmm. He kind of stares at the robot now on the ground, kicks it, and then some other citizens join in, and they start kind of like, just kicking these machines because they make their life bad. And Rouge and Knuckles on the top of the roof, Knuckles laughs. He's like, well, that's their diversion. Yep. And Rouge is like, yeah, let's go. And Knuckles goes, well, it's a little too easy. Well, no, that's not. That's oh. not what happens. Oh. Rebel's just like, this is weird. This has never happened before. Is this what luck feels like? And Knuckles goes, it feels like a trap. And then Rebel's like, no, it, it has something to do with that blue guy. He showed up and now things are going well for us. It's happened all over the city. They wouldn't do this for a trap. Yeah. And then we're back in the council chambers and Sonic is laying on the floor groaning. And Sonic the- is still running when we get back. He, is, he hits speed force. There was the AMP. He, okay, he shatters out of his hamster ball. And then he's still running for a little bit before he like passes out. And yeah, he like flat face plants into the ground. And when he flat face plants into the ground, the power starts back yeah, up. He Grounds, the power starts back up, and then the robots come back to life in the streets, and they order people to get back in formation, so they all go back to the people movers. And then we move back into the council chambers. And Sonic mentions at this point that he is beginning to remember the paradox prism and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's apparently he didn't remember that in the last episode, and we only found out in this episode that he didn't remember that. Yeah. And him not remembering that has no effect on the last episode or this episode. No. So there actually is a moment as people get back onto the people movers. One of them, the random people in the background, these other another goes, "If this happened once, it happened again. We should join." the resistance yep it's a moment of hope which rouge said earlier that sonic was hope yeah she's like the blue guy is strength and anger and hope yeah. so we are back to the council though and the council is just questioning particularly dr dunnett like how, how he stole their energy yeah and then both rose and nine are both like no he brought his 
zone. Yeah. And then Mr. Dr. Eggman says, with his energy plus our battery, we could do the thing. He said, we don't win. He specifically says we could, we could crush the resistance. Oh, yeah. He says they could crush the resistance. You're right. To which... Dr. Babble, Babble something, angrily pounds his hand on his high chair, floaty chair. And the other Eggman are like, that seems a little extreme. Don't you think? And then Babble bangs on his chair again. And they're like, well, you heard him. Get the power extractor. And so the energy extractor that they're getting is going to be used to cut the energy out of Sonic, killing him in the process. Yep, it's a giant laser. Yeah, so the Eggman can make use of it. Sonic then's like, hey, can a hedgehog have some last words? And he just starts filibustering. He's like... Yeah, so... As he's talking, he's like trying to figure something out, and we see Nines wink. So Sonic winks back, and he's just talking and talking, and he winks several more times at Nines. It's supposed to be a comedy bit. Eventually, Doctor Eggman has had enough, and then Sonic's like, "Okay." He literally, Doctor Eggman calls him out on "Stop with the winking," and Sonic's just like, "What? What, what was the plan?" And Nines is like, "I didn't have one. I had dust in my eye." <laughs> and then in come Rebel and Nux to save the day. Well, before Mister Doctor interrupts with the winking thing, Babbles bangs on the table yeah. and shouts something, and that's when. Mr. Doctor goes, enough with the winking. Babbles is right. It's almost dinner time. Yes. And then Nux and Rebel come in just in time to pull Sonic out of the way as the laser starts firing. Yep. Then and they are the fighting robots. and Rogue and Nux start fighting egg forcers, which are <laughs> different than egg bots. Yes. And then Chaos Council kind of flees away into a corner. And Rose joins the fight against Rogues and Nux. Giving... Well, she does that after at her console. She initiates a lockdown. We see giant steel doors. Yeah. Up. And then Nine jumps over to the console and frees Sonic from his restraints by hacking the yep. console. Sonic then woozy still yeah joins in on the fight but and... he immediately distracts rouge and knuckles because he knows their names yeah and they're like what and that gives rusty rose mm-hmm. time to beat them down yeah like enough time to throw knucks across the room and sonic's just like whoa can't you go easy on a mamie and then sonic does sonic stuff and leans the laser around the room so what it is when he's like woozy and he's running at rusty rose i think he like trips and like flies and smacks into the fucking extractor mm-hmm. and he just starts rotating around the room throughout the fight cutting into the building and almost decapitating all of the Eggmen. Yep. And at that point, they all kind of shiver in fear. And then, where the floor lifted up to release Egg Forcers, yep. they go into that and it drops down and takes them somewhere else in the building. Yeah. So the Eggmen are gone. And now the Egg Forcers and Rusty Rose are fighting Knuckles, Rouge, and Sonic. And the entire time, Nines is just trying to hack this terminal and failing. And we end this episode. Well, while he's hacking the terminal and filling, he's got his robot. Yeah. Tells fighting off egg forcers behind him. And then Nux shows up and gets ready to punch him and tells him, she's like, I'm on your side. I'm clearly not one of them, obviously. Nux looks suspicious and agitated. And then in the other part of the fight, Rose's arm, because both of her arms are mechanical, one of yeah. them stretches out and pins Sonic to a wall. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like uses that to catapult herself forward mm-hmm. and goes to slam Sonic in the face with her other metal fist. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end right there. So... What are your thoughts on episode two and or the entirety of the two episodes we watched of Sonic Prime? So it still feels like a movie more than a TV show. Okay. Although movies don't have this much shonen recap syndrome. I mean, so what I'm hearing is it should have just been a movie and we should have not done the recaps and just put those scenes where they would fit in. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with shonen recap syndrome, it is a condition that plagued the 90s in anime and the early 2000s. In shonen anime specifically, where because it was released on a weekly schedule, a common of the production companies assuming the audience was stupid and wanting to stretch stuff as long as possible padding for time baby led to them usually recycling the last three minutes of every episode as to the first three minutes of the next episode and that's yeah. if you were lucky they would 
also often contain flashbacks to the previous episode or the previous two episodes throughout. And this became known as Shonen Recap Syndrome. It mm-hmm. is a plague and we are well past it in anime mostly. And so, mostly. It's, so it's a sin, a cardinal sin of animation that is in this show. That alone is probably enough to turn some fans off and drive away other potential fans. But season one is only eight episodes. This just came out this year, last year now, because it's January 2nd, in like November, December. I think being only eight episodes, you can suffer through the SRS and survive and enjoy the show. Not just survive. Obviously, you'll survive. but And and enjoy the show. So it doesn't make it quite unwatchable, but it does negatively affect the viewing experience. I can understand that completely. Otherwise, I still like it. It's still fun. I just wish we had less of that. Also, the whole memory loss subplot doesn't like do anything. Honestly, I liked it better when I didn't think it was memory loss. I thought it was just Sonic was so fucking thick. He couldn't wrap his mind around the fact that, oh, this is just a different time. I'm in a parallel universe. Which is exactly what episode one leads you to believe. Because yep. Episode one never mentions memory loss. No. It's only in episode two and it's only a plot point for like half the episode. Yeah. It was much better when Sonic was just a thick fucking dumb himbo. himbo. Yep. Th- that's my take. Yeah. Show's good. Show's watchable. It's eight episodes. There are seven 20 minute episodes once you take off the credits. One 40 minute episode. So that's like 180 minutes, three hours of TV. Yeah, it's just a long movie. You're yeah. fine. You should watch it. Just a long movie. Watch don't it. watch Avatar 2, Way of Water. We don't need more dances with wolves. Do you think without the Shonen Recap Syndrome, this could clock in under two and a half hours and actually just be a, a movie? I don't know if we're shaving that much time off. but like, the Episodes are only 20 minutes each after episode one. So, But I could see it being just over two and a half hours. Yeah. Like maybe 236 or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So it is really just a movie you're just gonna have to live with the recap yeah which is sad and annoying but it's a thing that's bearable i guess would you watch more do you like it enough to I watch more honestly don't know if i'd watch more i don't have anything against it it's just not really for me which is weird i guess coming from the statement of the fact that out of the two of us you seem to be willing to watch more of it yeah whereas i having been a huge sonic fan and reading a bunch of the comics don't really care yeah it's really weird that you were the sonic head when you were growing up yeah and i barely engaged with sonic media outside of sonic x and the original genesis games and i'm like yeah this show's good i would watch more and you're like mm, not necessarily for me that's a little it's a little odd eh, i just don't care that said i think we both enjoyed these two episodes oh, yeah, no, it was a perfectly fine show like i'd be more than okay with it being on in the background i might kind of pay attention phasing in and out of it i just wouldn't got my way to watch it not because the show is bad but just because i don't care about sonic that much fair fair neither do i i have a friend who like loves sonic he went to both midnight premieres for both live action sonic movies crazy but some people like weird things yeah he like has met the voice actor for sonic from sonic x that's dope though yeah he's a huge sonic fan he's where i originally got the recommendation for this show from he like ah yeah i'll do it Mm -hmm. but i think that's gonna be it for us this was the first flight of 2023 we're looking forward to about a couple dozen more with you if you want to contact us while we're flying around at the speed of sound there's numerous ways to do so oh new year i'm still supposed to give out all the same old information whatever fine you can contact us by emailing us at copilotreview at gmail.com it'd be wild if we change contact information and stuff every year that doesn't make any sense but like you said you can get us at email or you can find us at twitter at copilots review that is also the at for hive at copilots review yes or you can find links to all of those except for the hive and more at copilotsreview.simplecast.com which has a link to our email our twitter our severely outdated youtube our discord and our patreon 
And if you're still looking for it, there is a hidden second email. I don't have the login information for that. I have no idea if we've ever got email there. We have not. There you go. Besides like a few spam emails. It's literally being used for nothing to the degree that we don't even get spam on it. It's wonderful. We get spam in our regular email all the time. Yeah. And most of it's yeah. most of it's like 10 ways to make your podcast better. Join the service. I mean, at a point we were getting like buy follower shit. Like we were fucking Twitch chat. Yeah. I bought all of the followers. They listened to all the ads that we're about to put into shit. And if you don't want to listen to ads. And still increases revenue. And if you don't want to listen to ads, you can follow us on Patreon. Uh, no, we're, we're not. We're not doing an ad program. Not because it's beneath us, but because we've had no offers to do that. Because we're still a very tiny podcast. Itty bitty. Itty bitty bitty. That said, when the ads do start rolling in, we will take them. Yeah. So but there'll like, be obviously some degree of so like Dollar Shave Club or Bespoke Post. Hit us up or any of those treat boxes. I like weird, fun treats <laughs> or Tipsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't Tipsy only an English thing? I mean, Tipsy is Bright Sellers. Oh, okay. okay. Tipsy is Bright Sellers, but for sake or Bright Sellers as well. But I don't think I've ever heard an ad spot for them. I have a couple times. Anyways, the point is alcohol, food, and I guess the basic like normal everyone does this thing one. It really like if we've used the product and we can actually recommend it, like Zinni Optical. If Zinni Optical wanted to hit us up for an ad spot. I would give Zinni Optical All like, fucking day, baby. I recommend that shit just to people on my normal life. Sometimes I sound like a shill in real life and it hurts me in my soul, but some services are just worth shilling for. Like Copilot's Review. Happy New Year's, everybody. Please like and zoom.